Welcome to the Powering Tomorrow podcast presented by Clarios. I'm Guy Gordon, and each month we're taking a look with a special guest and having a great discussion about the electrification of our transportation ecosystem. From new battery technology, ride sharing, the latest EVs to consumer habits in an EV world, all the data that's out there, we hope to give you a preview of what's to come as the world races toward electrification on Powering Tomorrow presented by Clarios. And you can also subscribe to the Powering Tomorrow podcast and have them downloaded each month through iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Now today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Renee Stevens, who's Vice President North America with We Predict. Uh, She's also a former VP of Automotive Quality for J.D. Power. Renee, welcome to Powering Tomorrow. Thanks, Guy. Really excited to be here today. So when your name is We Predict, obviously you're in the forecasting and data analysis business. Just how critical is that mission and that function as we enter really a brand new horizon that's so full of unknowns? Yeah, exactly. It's really an exciting time to be in data. I always say I've been in data. I was in data before data was cool. (laughs) And now all of a sudden, I mean, there's so much data coming to companies and, and, you know, coming through the marketplace that it's you really have to understand. And, And what I'm finding, too, is you have to get very predictive about not only what are you seeing in the market, but what's about to happen in the market to get ahead of those trends. And specifically in automotive today, as you think about all the connected car information that's that's coming um, the way of these manufacturers. So that's basically what we do. Um, we look at what happens with products and components, what's happening today, and what does that mean for how those parts and components are gonna happen in the next 30 days, 90 days, one year, two right. years, three years. Any, any time frame of interest. Well, and at no time has been the freshness of data been more important because what we're seeing is incredible shifting attitudes on the part of consumers as they learn more, as they digest more about EVs, as some of their misperceptions are finally uh, addressed, and as they get some real-world experience, maybe through ride-and-drives and things like that that weren't available to them before, that some of the mystique around EVs has been eliminated, and, and again, some of the misperceptions. So we know that software is essential to nearly every component of any modern vehicle, uh, but managing all the data generated by all these components has got to be a huge data load. How does we predict handle all that data for your clients? Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, we deal in um, you know billions and billions of records that come through our systems. Um, and in fact, we've got an industry database where we look at service records um, or repair orders across the industry. And it's it's nearly you know hundreds of millions of vehicles. It's it's billions of service records, and and so really you know developing these tools and techniques, and um, we use um, you know predictive methodologies specifically that really help the in the automotive and manufacturing world um, to be able to work through those. But it's it's a lot of work. because information comes in. It's Every bits and bytes that come in are not, they're not all valuable. So finding mm-hmm. those kernels and the pieces that are valuable and then making the um, analysis um, with that data is really crucial. 
How hard is it to actually do the, the data collection part of your job, especially given the fact that I know dating back to J.D. Power, you can sometimes be very reliant on consumers to return surveys. I've got a son that is in the, the market research business, and you know he has seen through the pandemic um, his, his inputs really fall. Uh, how hard is it to, to, to be on the edge and get, get the fresh data that you need? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I found, you know, from a J.D. Power standpoint, when I was there, it was harder and harder to get consumers to report information because they're just bombarded with requests of surveys and, you know, tell me how you did here. And so you get to a point where unless a consumer can do one click and answer, they they tend to ignore it because it's just too much work. On our side, we actually develop and, and take information from the vehicle. So we look at and bring in what's happening. So it's kind of like instead of voice of the customer, it's voice of the vehicle, but we do it at volume. So we don't have to, you know, ping a customer and say, hey, can you help us get more information? It's it's a vehicle and you know it's, it's the onboard of- diagnostics directly talking to you. It, it's yeah it's data that comes to us and a lot of it comes through service centers that are sending us information the hardest part for us is it comes from all different technicians that write all different aspects okay. I and mean, really great comments so from our standpoint it's bringing together all that really rich text data that those technicians um, deal with every day and then making making that into actionable insights for companies so- when it comes to EVs, I know you dropped a major study October 28th with a lot of illuminating uh, pieces of information there. Give me your major takeaways, especially as it relates to EVs. Yeah, oh, I'd be delighted to. Um, it's very, been very interesting and been a journey for us. Um, so we released, um, actually starting in May, we started the story um, and releasing our first Deep View True Cost study. And True Cost for us, it's it's not a total cost of ownership, um, but what it does is we measure the actual money spent by both owners, so real customers and manufacturers, in, in various periods in time. And it really, we measure um, what happens in what is necessary to keep a vehicle um, safe, keep it operational and on the road. And so that's our def- definition of service. Um, that we're looking at and we so we started that journey and looking at say what happens in the first three months back in May and now in October what we've announced is so what happens and how much money is actually spent out there in the field in the first three years that those vehicles are on the road again to keep them safe to keep them operational and on the road and in what we found was um, there's been you know certainly um, one main aspect is we've seen um, costs go up as we look at service cost over time so in general the industry has is seeing 11 percent higher service cost per vehicle over the last two years. And if we look at it, it's it's the customer pays for uh, a little less than half, so they still pay for about 46% of that cost. Um, And manufacturers pay about 54% of that cost. So it is fairly evenly split, even in the first three years between manufacturers and consumers, mainly because of that maintenance standpoint. But when we look at some of the, where those cost increase are coming, the manufacturers are basically bearing the brunt of that at the moment um, because it's up to three years. But 
once they go out of that three years in service, more will start to be borne by the um, by the consumer. Okay, um, but, but we oh, talk a lot about cost of ownership, especially as related to EVs. That people are worried about price parity. They're also worried about how much of a, how quickly they get a payback. Uh, when they don't have to buy gasoline versus the the power that they're going to be using to to uh, to, to you know fuel their car their EV so when you look at the, the cost of ownership from a service standpoint are EVs cheaper to operate than gasoline vehicles I know they can be less complicated but we've seen some systems uh, get pretty buggy and we've seen a lot of recalls so in terms of uh, you know the service costs between yeah. EVs and gas what are we what are we learning yeah, and that's kind of the exciting thing. There's been this hypothesis out there that EVs will be less to service than, than gas vehicles. There's less mechanical parts, less maintenance. And what we're seeing over the three years is that does play out in total. If you look at electric vehicles versus um, gas and even hybrid vehicles, electric vehicles average about $514 per vehicle versus gas Average is about 749. So the electric vehicles overall are 30% lower in service costs than their gas equivalents. Now, the main difference that we're seeing is in the maintenance area, where maintenance costs are three times lower for electric vehicles, and that's fully wow. plug in electric than gas. Um, when we look at campaigns, about the same. Um, but the interesting thing with EVs is that's at three years. If I look in the first year, the costs are actually higher on the EVs, um, mainly because what we're seeing are higher repairs and campaigns. As people are launching these vehicles, they're learning, we're in this industry learning mode, and so they're taking twice as long to diagnose as for gas vehicles. Technicians are having to call into headquarters, talk to people they probably have never talked to before, yeah. to find, just to make yeah. sure they're fixing them right. And yeah, it was amazing reading all the tech comments, normal comments, just on on average, um, you know, 50, 100 words. We were reading 2,000 word paragraphs. I mean, it was like, and, and it's just, they wanna fix it right. They wanna make sure they're doing the right things. They're test driving them four and five times. They have to, the battery handling is very different. You have to be very careful um, when you're taking on, taking off the battery to do any testing. So there's just so much more involved in those, that early time frame. So that first year costs are higher but we make it up over the long okay. run. Are you seeing some OEMs doing a better job than others as, as we embark upon this EV future? And again, it's constantly a moving target, and we have had some recalls out there that may cause concerns amongst consumers and dealers. Who seems to be navigating this the best? Yeah, so the EV story is very interesting when you get to OEMs because um, the OEMs, if we look at the EVs that have been out there the longest, so you've got like the Leaf, the Bolt, um, they've had the ability, they've gone through generations. And what we find is when these vehicles go through generational, there is generational improvement and they're benefiting from that. So currently you're seeing the lower costs on some of the models that have been out there the longest. Um, and then now we're starting to see all of the luxury brands launch and actually the Ford Mach-E 
um, had a very good launch. That was probably one of our most recent. Um, ID4 we're beginning to look at too, and that looks fairly well too. Um, but the, the, the Mach-E launched fairly well, um, and again, that bodes well for the, the lightning um, that's coming um, following. That's good. That's good to hear. Uh, I know you folks uh, give out uh, roses and awards to those that tend to do a good job on the EV side. Um, you say that Ford's doing well. Who else is doing well? And who, uh, who are you giving praise to with your most recent spate of awards? Yeah, and our awards cover not just EVs, um, but we do have an EV segment. And in the in the latest round, again, now that we're looking at um, three years, um, we have the Honda Clarity um, actually won the top award in the EV category with the lowest cost of service I, across the three years. Um, Chevy Bolt um, ranked second, and Volkswagen E-Golf ranked third. Um, when you look at them. And the costs range are pretty big in these categories. So the best vehicle ran about $202, the highest about $2,200. So again, there's a big range in these categories, um, but again, the Honda Clarity won for three years. Um, if we look at overall brands, um, Kia, and this is just brand total again, so it would include their Kia Nero EV. Um, Kia, it was the best with the lowest cost, um, non-premium brand, followed by Hyundai and Dodge, and Dodge did very well. And if you look at premium brands, Acura did very well. They also did very well in our, um, in our three-month study that we released earlier this year, but they were the top-ranked brand for with the lowest service costs at 36 months in service mm -hmm. um, from a premium brand and followed by Lincoln. You know, Lincoln did very well, and that was kind of the bright spot um, as we looked at the Ford experience. So any other surprises in the October 8th, st uh, 28th study that you want to share with us, especially as it relates to EVs, before we say goodbye for this edition? Um, yeah, when you when you look at EVs again, I think the, the the big takeaway, and again, I heard this resonate very well with with dealers um, that I've been talking to as well, is you know the first year is going to be tough, and we've got a lot of vehicles to launch. Obviously, you, you think about that proliferation of vehicles that are coming our way that every manufacturer has in their books that they're going to launch. So the first year is going to be a climb, and. They, you know, you need to expect that things like diagnostics will take longer. Uh, manufacturers need to cover those diagnostics. Labor rates are also going to be different um, because many times the techs that do those repairs are the ones that are more highly certified. So that first year, getting through that first year is very critical, important. But once you get beyond that, again, we're very much a learning industry in automotive, and once you get beyond that, there is uh, there are many bright spots for these EVs. All right. We appreciate it so much. Renee Stevens with We Predict, also uh, Once Upon a Time with J.D. Power, uh, crushing the numbers for you and also uh, sifting through the volumes of data that can really help us navigate the introduction of EVs. Thank you so much, Renee. Thanks for having me, Guy. And thank you for being with us today for the Powering Tomorrow podcast presented by Clarios. And don't forget to subscribe to each month's podcast downloaded straight to your device through either Spotify, iTunes, or Google, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Until next time, I'm Guy Gordon.